0: Usually at this point, I invite you to take your Bibles, and you certainly are welcome to do that. But this morning, you may, you may decide to just listen as I read the text. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. It is the text that Warren referenced a few moments ago. It is the text that is guiding us in our generosity season next month. It comes from the Apostle Paul. It is in his second letter to the church at Corinth. I begin reading at verse 1 of chapter 8. This is what Paul wrote to those Christians, those new Christians there in Corinth. Now I want to tell you, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness as done for the churches in Macedonia. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, their wonderful joy and deep poverty have overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but more, far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us, begged us again and again, for the gracious privilege of sharing in the gift for the Christians in Jerusalem. Best of all, they went beyond our highest hopes, for their first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord and to us for whatever directions God might give them. So... We have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to complete your share in this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, you have so much faith, such gifted speakers, such knowledge, such enthusiasm, and such love for us, now I want you to excel also in this gracious ministry of giving. This is the Word of God. God. Would you pray with me? O God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of all of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, for you and you alone are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. I hope that the people in your lives know you to be a man or a woman on a mission. hope that there's a mission in your life that is central to who you are, and that mission gets you out of bed every morning to greet the new day with great enthusiasm. Obviously, the Apostle, the Apostle Paul, was a man on a mission. He wanted his life to count for Jesus Christ. He wanted his life to bring glory to the cause of Christ in the world, and Paul, because of that mission, was busy taking the Good News, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, to the whole known world of his day. He traveled around the whole Mediterranean Sea Basin, making sure that people knew about this Jesus, making sure that people knew about the new life that is ours in Jesus Christ. Here in our text before us this morning, we get again a taste of Paul's mission. He is a man on a mission, and here in this text we can see that part of his mission was fundraising. He understood that part of what God had called him to do in making sure that the world came to know Jesus Christ was to raise funds to help that cause. Here in the text that you heard a few moments ago, in Second Corinthians, I hope that you caught that what Paul is doing here is he is raising funds to help the church in Jerusalem. Those Jewish Christians back there in the mother church are suffering for many reasons. They're being persecuted, and Jerusalem, Judea, has been suffering through a famine. So Paul, as he travels around the Greek world, is collecting funds, raising money to help the Christians back in Jerusalem. And if you notice in the text... He's writing to the Corinthian Christians. He's using the Macedonian Christians as an example to encourage the Corinthian Christians to give. Macedonia is what we would call the northern part of modern Greece. The Corinthians were in the southern part of what we would call modern Greece. And it was Paul who planted those churches. Paul had a tremendous relationship with those churches in Macedonia, those churches that he planted in Thessalonica, in Philippi, in Berea. And he's using the example of their faith to encourage those new Christians in that church that he planted in the city of Corinth. Did you notice what he said? about those Macedonian Christians at the beginning of the text that I read Paul said now I want to tell you dear brothers and sisters what God in his kindness has done for the churches in Macedonia though they have been going through much trouble and hard times they like the church in Jerusalem they were suffering persecution, and they were a poor congregation. Though they had been going through much trouble and hard times, their wonderful joy and deep poverty, they were a poor congregation, and deep poverty have overflowed in rich generosity. Don't you wish you could have known some of these people? They're in Thessalonica, they're in Philippi, they're in Berea. Paul goes on to say, For I can testify that they gave not only what what they could afford, but far, far more. And they did it of their own free will. And then he says in verse 4 that these Christians, these new Christians in Macedonia, they begged us, they begged us, Paul said, again and again for the gracious privilege... Of sharing in the gift for the Christians in Jerusalem they were begging Paul to let them be part of the generosity the gift that was being raised for those Christians back in Jerusalem verse 5 best of all they went beyond our highest hopes Paul says for their first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord. That comes first. They dedicated themselves to the Lord and to us for whatever directions God might give them. They said yes first and foremost to whatever it was God might ask them to do. And then in the text, Paul turns his attention to those new Christians there in Corinth. He uses the example of the Macedonian Christians, then he says to those Christians in the southern part of Greece, So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to complete your share in the ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways... And we know that they did. We've read 1 Corinthians. We've read 2 Corinthians. We know that the church there was a very gifted church. So Paul says, since you excel in so many ways, you have so much faith, such gifted speakers, such knowledge, such enthusiasm, and such love for us. Now, Paul says, I want you to excel also in in this gracious ministry of giving. Paul was giving the gift to the Macedonians of sharing in his ministry. Paul was inviting the Christians there in Corinth to also participate in the sharing in his ministry. And Paul is allowing us to share in that same ministry. Paul is giving us the opportunity, God in Christ, is giving us the opportunity to participate in taking the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. Through Christ, the world can find new life. Through Christ, the world can find new life in this world and in the age to come. Paul knew as he spoke to these Christians in Corinth about these Christians in Macedonia that we as Christians, we, we should be the most generous people on the face of the earth because we have experienced God's generosity. We have experienced God's grace and that's why we are a gracious people. We have experienced all that God has given to us, so we are people that's constantly giving to the world around us. Because we have experienced Jesus, we want to become like Jesus in being broken bread and poured out wine for the sake of the world. Through Jesus Christ, we can, we can allow our lives to count. We can allow our lives to matter. We know of God's generosity, so we become generous. We know that it's through generous living. We know that it is through an outward focus on life that we find great joy in living. It is so easy to become just wrapped up in our own lives and we can become more and more wrapped up and we become a smaller and smaller package that we're offering to the world, but we're called to have an outward focus on the world around us, and we should be growing in that outward focus on the world around us. We have the opportunity to find the joy that comes from giving. We don't seek to give till it hurts, we seek to give till we find the joy in giving. In the Christian community, it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. We're called to sacrifice for the sake of Jesus Christ in the world, and it is through that sacrifice that we find the gift of true life. It's through that commitment to Jesus Christ and living in the way of Jesus Christ that we find purpose and meaning, fulfillment and joy in this world. John Wesley is a name that we know well around here. The Wesley brothers, John and Charles Wesley, were two that God used to bring great revival to the United Kingdom and beyond in the 18th century. That revival that God Birth there in the Wesley Brothers in the United Kingdom, has traveled around the globe now, and it has even arrived in High Point, North Carolina. John Wesley was a person on a mission, like the Apostle Paul was a person on a mission. Those Methodists, particularly those early Methodists, in many ways were, you could say, Christians on steroids. They wanted to do it right. And they were on a mission, and they were fervent, and they were enthusiastic about that mission. And John Wesley led them in that mission. And the spirit of John Wesley still flows through the Methodist people. I believe the spirit of John Wesley flows through these halls here. John Wesley, many people don't realize, earned a lot of money in his life because all of of his writings... He earned a great deal of money. Some historians tell us that he probably earned at least 30,000 pounds during his life. That was a remarkable sum of money in the 18th century. But John Wesley made his mind up early in his life that regardless of what he earned, he would try to live on about 30 pounds a year in their currency. That was a frugal lifestyle. In 1744, John Wesley wrote, When I die, if I leave behind me ten pounds, you and all mankind can bear witness against me that I have lived and died a thief and a robber. Well, when John Wesley died in 1791, he did not leave even ten pounds behind We have the record that when John Wesley died, they only found a few coins in his pockets and in his dresser drawers. Most of those 30,000 pounds that he earned over the course of his life, he plowed back into ministry. He plowed back into the cause of Jesus Christ. He was a man on a mission. He knew how to find purpose. And meaning and fulfillment in life. He knew how to make his life count. We, we heirs of the Wesley brothers remember what John said to us about money. He said, earn all you can, save all you can, but then perhaps more importantly he said, give all you can. My friends, the greatest need, I believe, in the world today, the greatest need is for the Church of Jesus Christ to be the Church of Jesus Christ, to be a fully devoted, faithful body of Christ in the world. The world desperately needs a living, vibrant witness to Jesus Christ. Most of you know that Tammy and I recently traveled again, spent a few days traveling in the United Kingdom. We love to go to the United Kingdom. In so many ways, that is our motherland, our grandmother land. We traveled through the United Kingdom, this time spent all of our time in Scotland, a land that I love deeply. And again, I saw what I've seen every time I've ever traveled to Europe. I saw so many empty and abandoned churches. Saw many churches that had been turned into restaurants and breweries. Saw one church in Inverness, Scotland that had been turned into a funeral home. Saw one church that had been turned into a mosque. And I cannot help but think when I'm there that there's even there's barely even the, the smoke of the Christian revival in the Wesley brothers still lingering in the United Kingdom, much less fire of that revival. What they need, what we need, what the world needs most right now is for the Church of Jesus Christ to be the Church of Jesus Christ. We are people on a mission. And we need to be clear about that mission. Would you pray with me? For the gift of this day, O God, we give you thanks. We know that we are here in this place this morning by divine appointment. You have called us together and you have placed a call upon each one of our lives. For those of us who have invited you into our lives, we ask that you rule and reign completely in our lives. Say so help us to live as the people of Jesus Christ in this world. Passionate and enthusiasm about the mission of being the Church of Jesus Christ in this world. Amen.